We are in a time pre-corona where companies are trying to lead transformations and people are mixed between like the old way of working and the new agile way of working. And um, priorities and roles haven't necessarily been clear. And I will tell you as a time management productivity expert who speaks and trains and coaches across every industry around the world, role ambiguity and goal ambiguity is the number one enemy to productivity. Welcome everyone to the Real Leaders Podcast. It's a special episode today. Considering everything that is going on with the coronavirus right now, we wanted to do an interview with Julie Morgenstern to understand what are some highly effective solutions and habits leaders can do to make sure that their team has clarity, communication, and are staying connected. So if you are somebody who is now working remotely or know someone who could learn from this podcast, please, by all means, share this episode with a leader in need. Okay, so let's get to it. Please welcome everyone, the real Julie Morgenstern. Here we go. In five, four, three, two, and one. And welcome everyone to this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards. Joining us today is Julie Morgenstern, uh, a productivity and organization expert. Uh, Julie, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. So Julie, uh, a lot of uncertainty going on right now. Obviously, we want to talk about COVID-19, the coronavirus that's putting everyone back at home today. Uh, I'm a remote worker myself. All my roommates are working at home today, so it's nice I got some coworkers. Um, But for leaders listening out there, how can we keep productivity high and take care of our teams when right now there's so much uncertainty? Yeah, I mean, I think that the first thing leaders have to recognize is they really do play a role in creating the structure and the systems that will allow people to more quickly adapt to these, you know, extraordinary times. You may be, some people are used to working from home all the time. Some people are used to working home occasionally. And a large number of people have never worked from home. And none of us have worked from home under you know, forced requirements by governments to under such a stressful thing. So structure and systems and guardrails are one of the greatest things that leaders can do to just give everybody a container in which to pour their energy, to pour their focus. Um, so I do think that one thing to do is certainly um, is to set a group schedule. It should not be every man for himself even though we're all sort of adjusting, I think you want to transfer and put uh, edges around the workday. So, and it should not extend just because people are not commuting. Let, I would encourage people to use the time saved commuting for their personal and interpersonal well-being. And then say we are on from eight to six every day or nine to seven every day or nine to six These are our work hours because one of the big challenges about remote workers is there's no visibility. It's hard to communicate and it's hard to kind of interconnect, which happens naturally when we're in physical spaces together. So in light of that, one way to improve the opportunity for communication and 
and uh, access to each other is to put everybody on the same schedule. It's really simple to do. And if people are at different time zones, then it's at that time zone. You can make adjustments. So one set of structure, a daily rhythm. Um, and I think you also need as a leader to set a regular system of communication. Do not leave it haphazard. This is like really, we are charged with how do we stay connected and keep all the dots connected and all the information. I highly recommend a minimum of a daily huddle, if not more than one. And I feel that an end of day huddle between you and your team or you and your direct reports and do it as a group and you can do it FaceTime. Everybody see each other. What got done that day? Mm. What are what are our deliverables for tomorrow? Priorities and deliverables. What challenges do you anticipate you might encounter tomorrow in executing on those? The leader can ask so that they can problem solve or say, get it to this point and we'll check in at noon and see where you are and get you over the finish line. So that system of communication, I think, is critical. It's kind of a blind spot for most people who are not used to managing remote teams. Mm. And it keep everybody, it's not just not isolated, but also accountable, focused, motivated, structured. And we're all craving that. Every one of your workers is flailing out there. <laughs> like, what do I do? So that's that's the first two things. I think there's a little more you can do, but... If you only did two things, it's schedule and communication. That's interesting, Julie, because I don't think there's really a protocol out there for something like this. Now, let's take, for example, let's make this podcast for the leader who has always worked in an actual physical environment and is now told he has to manage a team remotely. You talked about having a huddle every day. What are some of the things that they can do right off the bat to make sure that their progress is still being achieved? Yeah, I think that the first thing to do is to is to set that when is that daily huddle? So I think the ideal time is toward the end of the day, not necessarily first thing in the morning, because people need a moment at the end of the day to have a hard edge to say, this is what I got done what did you get done? What questions came up? And then plan your deliverables for tomorrow. At a minimum, I would set that daily time, whether that is four o'clock or five o'clock, um, make that the first thing and have an agenda for that. What'd you get done? What's for tomorrow? What are your ob anticipated obstacles? I think in addition, and these should be FaceTime. This is so important. You must transcend the, the voice only communication. Everybody have ever, and it require that. Yeah. Look at the difference. I mean, this is a podcast and we are looking at each other mm -hmm. and it adds so many more uh, complexities of um, connection of nonverbal communication. I can see whether you're listening or not. <laughs> if you're getting what I'm saying, right. If you're excited about something or confused by it. Mm. So I would insist upon a hundred percent try to have a hundred percent of all calls and all meetings visual. And then I think that you can go as a leader beyond the end of day and you can consider if there's also a morning and or midday huddle to just create those edges of the day. And in the morning, it might be, did anything change overnight? Let's all 
Are we still, do we still have our plan or is there new news that's going to change our priorities for the day? And then maybe at, you know, two o'clock or midday or, or three o'clock, check in again, like lifetime to see if, how's it going? And do you have any obstacles so that we can end our day cleanly? So even those three checkpoints, don't be afraid of it. I, people will, will embrace it. Some people might be a little bit like, oh my God, but I have my kids and <laughs> I, I don't know if I can be there at three. Try to set a minimum of once a day, if not three times a day, and then just require everybody to build their schedules around that. And we're just going to pause here really quick, folks, because do I have a story for you? It involves eating cookies and giving back. And if you like the sound of that, you, my friends, have to learn about my new sponsor, Nunbelievable. They're a direct-to-consumer baked goods company on a mission to donate 1 million meals to the food insecure by 2022. Here's how it works. When you or your corporation or a friend orders a box... It's going to show up at your house, at your door, nicely packed, and then they are going to donate two meals to soup kitchens across America. Okay, folks, another thing you need to know is that you, lucky listener, today are receiving 25% off. You got to try these cookies. They're amazing. This one right here is the, du- the double chocolate chip. I've already gone through the peanut butter today. Delicious. Again, folks, real-leaders.com slash podcast. Enter in code REALLEADERS. That's all caps and one word, REALLEADERS. And you, my friends, are going to have a box like this. Show up at your door. It's going to be 25% off. And you're also going to be donating two meals to someone in need. So be a smart cookie and build sweet relationships with the unbelievable cookie. Enjoy. A lot of the struggles we uh, had happened for us when we started going remote was definitely the communication like you were just alluding to and you know those team meetings those huddles you know we tried out for a while and we do a a weekly call every week Um, but at some point in time it got to be too much it got to be that these huddles were taking away from our productivity from our time uh, from our productivity, from our time, from uh, the the daily things that uh, we needed to focus on, calls, and I, you know, for my boss, I felt like I was they're they're micromanaging too much. Um, if you're suggesting something like this for every single day for someone in the organization, do you do you see that staying the same uh, for the first couple of weeks, or do you seeing depending on the situation, depending on the organization, it kind of mellowing out over time? Yeah, I think there's a two-part answer to that. One is, you're right, it can become cumbersome, right? And it, and um, so you want to think about that. And even in the beginning, depending on your team and what they're dealing with, you may just do the once a day. And then you have to add the other one or two points if you feel that's going to keep everybody connected and people are flailing and it's so new to them. So you can somewhat taper off over time. That is absolutely possible. And you could also set a different cadence for different work groups. Mm. So for like senior level executives, you might either do it more frequently or less frequently. If the senior leadership team 
is having to make day-to-day intense decisions and the situation is very volatile, you 100% need a daily meeting, right? If you're getting into more of a rhythm where it's like, look, these are your goals for next week, we can do a once a week meeting. And I recommend that always on a Friday for the next week, not on Monday. You end the week kind of regrouping and then planning for the next week. Mm. Um, So you have to experiment. Um, I think more getting at least one weekly and one daily to start is a very good anchor and then see how it goes. And the more efficient you are at running those meetings, the easier it is to keep them. And, and again, you know, this podcast is for that manager who is trying to lead remotely for the first time. You know, it, it was very easy at first um, to, fe- to always try to be working, to always feel like you're being active. But in reality, does that translate to your accomplishments? Does that translate to the actual things, the goals, like you said, are getting done? Uh, how do you because like when you're in an office, you kind of like base your your activity, your satisfaction, your your yeah, just overall work production based off the time you're there. You're nine to five. You're working hard. You're in and out. But sometimes it's hard to track those accomplishments when you're at home and you have that flexibility you have that extra hour of commute, you know, from there and back, whatever it may be. It's just a different environment. Uh, so what, what advice do you have for these managers, these leaders to help track not activity, but accomplishments? It's a great question. I think the first thing is to change the way you communicate with your teams. It's all about deliverables. It's all about priorities and deliverables. And we're coming through a time where the priorities have gotten very unclear. We are in a time pre Corona, where companies are trying to lead transformations and people are mixed between like the old way of working and the new agile way of working and um, priorities and roles haven't necessarily been clear. And I will tell you as a time management productivity expert who speaks and trains and coaches across every industry around the world, role ambiguity and goal ambiguity is the number one enemy to productivity. Number one, Mm. if people don't know what the goal is, they can't decide how to spend their time. And And so use this as an opportunity to get crystal clear. These are our priorities. And so you asked earlier, what can a leader do? Sit down with your boss and figure out what the priorities are, even if it's day-to-day or week-to-week. What do we want to use this time for? And what do we want people to be of, of? What are the essential things we want them to focus their time on? And I actually think there's two categories. There are the sort of corona reactive activities. Every day, people are having some quantity of things that they need to do in reaction to the circumstance. We have to get a communication out to our customers. We have to uh, get everybody set up in their home offices and get the tech all worked out, like all the reactive kind of corona uh, situational Mm -hmm. stuff. And then there's the business as usual. 
prior to this sudden onslaught of a crisis, there were products being developed, there were strategic plans being made, there were uh, clients and prospects in the pipeline. So as a leader, sit down and figure out what are the real essentials and cut out, number one, any excess, and two, think about leveraging this unique time to maybe identify the big projects that we never have time to get to in our normal work days because too many interruptions, old patterns, we're in our work day and we're busy, but not necessarily focused on outcomes. You can leverage this time to like identify these are the four projects or the five projects that we want to come out of these four to eight weeks having done because we're not in the same space interrupting each other. And we can create a little uh, set of deliverables and some structure around delivering those. You know, I've always wanted to like understand, Julie, is do organizations that are coming from an actual environment, um, from a concerted environment to a remote environment, do they have advantages and strengths over a company like ours who just hires remotely? Um, are there, are there transferable leadership skills? Are, is there community and trust that's already built from that work environment that can transfer to the remote environment, uh, in a way that just outperforms companies that started remotely in the first place? It's a very interesting question. I would actually say no. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why is that? I, I mean, I don't think so. It, maybe it's because whenever I'm brought in and I've been brought in for both, you know, companies where everybody's under one roof to companies where everybody's under one roof, but they have offices all over the world mm. to companies that have partial in-house and remote to purely remote teams. I think in all cases, the blind spots and traps for working a remote team are universal. They're just universal. It has to do with synchronizing schedules, access to each other, communication, isolation, loneliness, um, and accountability. And managers feel like I can't see what's going on. I have no control and no visibility. And in every remote situation, it's like that. So titrating and synchronizing that, it doesn't matter. I I don't think that people from larger companies the only thing that they have is I guess they have bigger departments that could be engaged to provide sort of resource centers. So if you orchestrate this really well, you could say, look, we have a whole tech department who can now have clinic hours and people can sign up for uh, you know, information on how do I set up my computer or work with Zoom because I've never done that before. Um, but I don't think that large companies have an advantage here. I think they're at more of a disadvantage. More of a disadvantage. Okay. Uh, when, you're, when you said um, you've talked about ambiguity, uh, you've talked about uh, this disconnectedness. Uh, how do you mitigate something like that? Now you're home all the time. 
Uh, you're used to being around an environment. You're you have like you said, you have to stay accountable. Um, now, like I like to just work throughout like 24 seven, just throughout the day, throughout the week. Some people aren't like that. Some people just want to go all you know, hard, you know, eight to six, whatever it may be. But how do you make sure you're maintaining that connectedness to your team? Yeah. So I I do think even though you say you like to work 24-7 and there are some people who do, um, I actually don't think that's a healthy move. And I think particularly in these unique circumstances where there are additional stressors, suddenly we're all having to work this way. Everybody's worried. If you stop and look at the news, it's so easy to get freaked out. Um, you have multiple people in if anyone does not live alone and they live with roommates or a spouse and or kids, the chaos and trying and homes are not built or set up for everybody being at home at the same time. So I think to maintain connection to your team and also to not, I really don't recommend that people work 24 seven, even if you did before factor in there's additional stress. Create your own work hours if your boss is not doing it. Um, And I would say even with a single team member, create moments in the day that we're going to agree to check in with each other. Let's say the leader's not doing it, but you're just going to like, let's check in by noon or let's kick our day off at nine o'clock, you and me. And we're just going to say, hey, did you get up? Did you get out? Are you, you know, are you ready to go? What do you, what's on your plate for today? And again, do it FaceTime. Um, you can actually, and I, I know even pre uh, COVID, um, I know people who've worked remotely and a certain portion of their day that they just log on and simulate the sort of open work environment where they're just working on their own projects, but they're all sort of there Mm. on screen and they can like, Hey, it's like sort of interruptible kind of, I can stop what I'm doing and ask you a question. And we create, replicate an open work environment all through screens. So I think that's how you can stay connected to your team's uh, regular cadence. And I think you should create work hours and connect to friends and family, either the people under your roof or the people far away. This is a unique time. And you want to build in personal time to do that and personal time for self-care. Mm. Now, Julie, I'm assuming you're working at home as well. Yes. Um, what, you know, over the years, what are some of the gadgets, the tools, the office equipment that you have found uh, to be the most beneficial? I mean, I were, we're working from home. I called it about a week ago and I had my team all work from home uh, for the last week. And I work from home sometimes, but I don't really love to work from home either. And I I'm an entrepreneur. I could do it, but I really like having separate relaxation spaces and separate focused workspaces and mm-hmm. very like visceral that way. Sure. Um, so, but what I do, we have, you know, good, strong internet. We have, I'm in New York city. We have a two bedroom apartment, big living room. I'm sitting in the living room right now, kind of living dining area, um, have the office Second bedroom is a library office. So that is the work zone um, by and large. Uh, I came out here because it's better light and I could get better distance 
instead of being up against a window. Um, I think a good laptop and a good internet and good printer. <laughs> These are all the essentials and light. You need a light. Like I have a light that's sort of in front of me so you can see me. And that's one of the things everybody has to think about when you work from home is what's your sort of video con setup. So people can see you and you're not sitting in the, some shadow somewhere. Uh, have you used any type of um, forums for people that work remotely? Have you I mean, have you used any uh, exercises or any things that helps with the cohesion of the company that helps with the communication of the company with helps with the, the employee satisfaction of the company? Um, can you define for me what you mean by forms? You mean a like the forum, just a. Yeah, uh, an open communication between uh, employees that's led by a moderator. I mean, I've been brought in to lead conversations. I think, um, you know, very often when I mean, our typical workshops are gather people for a workshop, whether it's in person or remote. Okay. And then we do follow up group calls to find out how's everybody doing? What are you applying? What are you not? It has to it really needs a structure. It's not a free for all. It's like, what have you done? What worked? What didn't? What challenges are you up against? So that people can hear each other's victories, solutions, and challenges. Um, I've had clients after our work set up in their own intranets, a kind of a place to share success stories, what they've done well, what's worked for them and best practices. And I think that can be helpful. I will say that if something is just a stagnant intranet kind of site, it tends to not get that much traffic because people are already overwhelmed with so many places to go for information or getting information. So you have to really, if you create something, I think it can't just live on an intranet. You have to push it out. You have to talk about it in meetings. You have to build it into the communications, not just leave it up on a board. Mm. People just don't go as much or you don't, you miss the, the cohesion that happens when people actually talk about it. Absolutely. And I, I think that's too, you know, that's, that's the one major thing that's always missing. It's just that ability to talk to anybody right then and there, if things come up, uh, it's okay. Coronavirus is, uh, literally making sure that everyone is staying at home. Um, there will be many business opportunities that will come from this and organizations for the first time mandatorily is that if, you, if that's a word mandatory, uh, we'll have to understand and see if, uh, or I guess how, uh, a remote work culture is improving or hurting their, their business. So for you, Julie, uh, what do you think the future of work will look like? I actually think this could be a real opportunity um, to develop, accelerate the development of, of much needed productivity habits and working smart, not hard habits that have been very hard for companies to break. And I would say there are three uh, productivity habits or complaints or issues that companies have been struggling with for a long time and recent years desperately trying to fix. And one of them is there's no time to think in the workday. Number one complaint about people's work lives is 
I have no time for the proactive stuff. I have no time for the strategic stuff, the innovation, the writing, the thinking, the learning. There's no time to think. That's problem number one. This can be fixed in this environment. Um, I, let me just name the other two problems that I think are what we can fix taking advantage of the situation. I think there's no time for work-life integration. Companies are painfully aware and have been struggling in the last couple of years with employee engagement surveys, sustainability. Is, it, is, is your work life that you are offering people sustainable or not? Mm. The 24-7, no edges workday really does not attract and retain top talent. It burns people out and you're not getting the most out of your employees. You're not. You think you are? We think we are as leaders. Oh, it's great. They're working all around the clock. No, mm. they are not working smart. Studies have shown, demonstrated that after 50 hours of work, our productivity really drops. And after 55 hours a week, it plummets to the degree that you're getting about 10 or 15 minutes on the hour of output. Mm. So we need, but companies are struggling. How do we create the edges? How do we encourage people to both be productive and also have work-life balance? And the third is team communication. How do we communicate across silos? So this situation is a forcing mechanism and an opportunity to accelerate the building of skills. And I would say, grab that bull by the horns and don't try to just transfer the way we worked before into this environment, take advantage of it. I challenge every leader to require and communicate every single employee to dedicate two uninterrupted hours working from home to deep thinking projects, strategic projects, big thinking, the stuff you never have time for. And we're going to ask, we want every, we require it. Maybe we recommend you do it in the morning, but maybe we say at some point in the day, two consecutive hours on the big projects. And we're going to ask you what you spent the time on and actually guide you on which projects to tackle. If you build that into the new environment, that will transfer whether we stay remote or we come back together and it will solve the work-life balance issue mm. because it's the, it's that problem that makes people feel they have to work 24 seven. Because if you can't think during the workday, you react all day long, then you go home, you maybe eat dinner with your family. If you have kids, after the kids go to sleep, you're back on that computer till two o'clock in the morning mm. doing deep thinking work. So how do you get a work-life balance? You can't. So this is our opportunity required two hours uninterrupted. That should be the one anchor. And I also think you should encourage Set the expectation. I challenge leaders to do this too. Guide your employees not to use the time saved from not commuting. Instruct them to use that for their personal well-being. Hmm. We want you to exercise. We want you to get, go to, you know, simulate your commute by getting dressed, going out and coming back in the door. Learn how to cook healthy meals. Spend time with your family. Pat your dog or cat. You, we want you to reinvest that there, but between these hours, we expect you to be on. And I think the communication with teams, everything we talked about is establish a required check-in every day. 
and just build a new habit. Why not? Right. Those You'd solve three things and that will transfer to the future, no matter what the future looks like. Remote, flexible, in, in, in a workspace. So many companies are doing digital, uh, not digital, global business. You can transfer. Those are the three game changers to change the way we work, to work smart, not hard. Yeah. Okay. So smart, not hard. I really like those two hours. Very nice. Um, just for people listening out there too, if you are listening to this and you are working at home for the first time or not for maybe not for the first time, but you're, you're be like, Oh, I'm going to be working here for a couple months now. It's, it takes a lot of getting used to. And I think you'd agree with that. Uh, it takes a lot of getting used to, it's a lot of habit changes, you know, the healthy habits, the waking up, the routines, the exercise, which I would agree to if I had those two hours to, for myself, you know, that those would be the times I could set those goals and work on those things. Um, you know, having worked remotely for an hour over four years, it's it's those those things come over time. And it takes a lot of practice uh, and development and accountability and responsibility to do those things. And it's not for everybody. I certainly didn't want to work in a, in a re- remote environment, having worked uh, around a team for years in athletics and sports. Um, but it, it, now I, I prefer it a hundred percent prefer it. Um, and I feel uh, satisfied every day and I really like that I can work 24 seven. And when I say that, I'm not saying I'm constantly on 24 seven. I just had, that's just my personality. I tend to have in flow, uh, and I like to get into it and stay, stay motivated. Uh, Julie, we've had a really good conversation today. We've learned a lot about the, rem- the remote work culture. Um, you know, I'm no expert to say that I can predict what is going to happen with this coronavirus, but I do know leadership is the tool that's going to be able to effectively uh, change behaviors and and lower this this uh, spread. So the last question for you today, Julie, uh, is what is your definition of a real leader? I would say that my definition of what a real leader is is uh, a person, a manager, who a leader who is able to invest the time and the space to think about and develop processes and um, procedures and habits of their own that are all designed to bring out peak performance in the people that they've attracted. Mm. That is what a leader is. A leader feels the responsibility to set people up for success so that they can make their unique contribution and you get the most out of the talent and brain power that you have recruited and are paying for. That's what a real leader is. Julie, major theme of our conversation today as well. Uh, I, had a, I had a fun time speaking with you today, Julie. I think I learned a lot. Uh, people listening to this, what'd you think out there? Comment, leave a review. Was this helpful? Uh, do you want to have Julie come back on the show and share more about uh, the remote workforce uh, if, if uh, she'll let us? Um, Julie, just want to appreciate your time coming back on the Real Leaders Podcast. Uh, for Julie Morgenstern, I'm Kevin Alvarez asking you to go out there. And always, folks, keep it real. Thanks, Julie. Appreciate you. Thank you. Keep it real and keep it remote, good people. Stay inside, wash those hands, and keep away from the corona. One last message, though, is that you are going to be fine. Do not lose your head. Do not lose your mind. And keep on keeping on. And I'll tell you what, folks, what else is going to keep on keeping on is this podcast. 
this bi-weekly podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Let us know what you think and who you want to hear. If you want to watch this podcast, go to our new YouTube channel at Real Leaders Magazine. And if you're a reader, well, today is your lucky day because you are getting a 25% discount on a one-year Real Leaders Magazine subscription. That's right, folks. By All you got to do is just use coupon code PODCAST25. That's PODCAST25, all lowercase. And you're going to receive 25% off. That's $18 off a one-year subscription. I don't know why we're doing that, folks. We're going to be out of business by the time this year is over. Take advantage of this sweet deal. PODCAST25. Only because we love you. And we want you to stay safe. All right, folks, well, stay tuned for the next episode of the Relators Podcast. Appreciate you.